You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. Hey, that means it is time for us, us being those weekend golf guys, the second best golf podcast in the world. And you know what? I still think that if politics were not in play, we'd be number one. <laughs> we're number one. We're, we're an independent. Right. And those clowns had this major company behind them. Yeah. Well, number one was a podcast from um, Sky Sports. Yeah. Which is the sports division of Sky News, which is basically the British version of Fox News. Yeah. Big and, company. And big, big operation. And the number three was a podcast about the open tournaments or open championships uh-huh. um, from the Royal and Ancient. So, so how about them apples and us, we're just out there hanging out, just, just little, talking golf. Just little old John and Jeff, man. <laughs> hey, but we're nice. having fun. Someone has told me that since those two are headquartered and originated from Great Britain, we can we can at least claim that we are the best in the United States, number one in the States. We can. Number one in the States, number two in the world, baby. That's right, man. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> right? so we want to thank all y'all who went and voted in the uh, in the sports podcast awards. Um, it was great. It was it was fun to watch. And uh, I I knew we weren't going to win because I'd like I to won. thank the Academy and I'd like to thank it. <laughs> my trophy here. Let's cover up the logo. Just to be nominated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't believe in that. <laughs> but anyhow, we do thank y'all. And uh, we are gonna wear this. Um we're gonna we're gonna wear it out, is what we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna yeah. badge of honor and we look, will be uh, we, we look, we know that there are no royalty checks, so we're just gonna use it as much yeah. as we can. Exactly. <laughs> right. right. It worked for Avis, so let's see what it can do for us. We're number two. Right. We try harder. Butter. <laughs> and we are going to talk today about why you have no idea what you're doing. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, you said it that way. I guess I'll have to live up to that shit, that hype. <laughs> many, many of us try to diagnose ourselves while we're out there on the course. Yeah. We don't have the expertise, the background. Basically, we haven't the slightest idea what we're doing. We're going to fix that for you when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. My friends call me a coffee snob. You know, they come over and I say, would you like a cup of coffee? And they go, yeah. Well, I said, what would you like? And I said, just, you know, just coffee. And I said, you know, the stuff that you get at the uh, grocery store is probably stale before you even get it. So take a sniff of some of this stuff. See what, what looks good, what smells good, and what will make some up. And you see what tastes good. And they go, what a snob, man. I went to Trade Coffee. You may not like the same kind of coffee that I like. Trade will know what you will like. They have a little survey, a couple questions. You answer them and then you will get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. There's no gimmicks there. 
Trade Coffee delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans are ground however you brew it at home. And they guarantee that you will love your first order or they will replace it for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash golfguys. Now that's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash golfguys and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. Then you too can be a coffee snob and love it. That's drinktrade.com slash golfguys and get $30 off. Your next golf trip deserves the Hall of Fame treatment. French Lick Resort is the only place that you can play courses by Hall of Fame designers Pete Dye and Donald Ross on the same property. Play both award-winning courses by booking the Hall of Fame package. Tee times are filling fast, so plan your trip today at FrenchLick.com. Pete Dye, Donald Ross, experience two championship courses at French Lick. FrenchLick.com. Must be 21 to enter the casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT or text I-N-G-A-M-B to 53342. And thanks for hanging. We are Those Weekend Golf Guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher. And uh, he's here to help. Now, it may be a little tough love at times, okay? Because that's how it's we It's okay because it's fun for me. He's never laughing at you. He's laughing next to you. As long as I'm in the same room and standing next to you, that's exactly the truth. That's right. <laughs> now, this this is the scenario, man. You're out on the, uh, out on the course. You get your ball teed up, you take your practice swings, you feel good, you hit your ball, and it 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 goes into the woods on the left. And you say, and I quote, Well, I must have <laughs> fill in the blank. Most of the time it's come over the top of it. <laughs> right? Having no idea what that means. Right. You know? And that, that's you know, part of the problem with people is they they don't have enough evidence, so they make up stuff. So let's just say, John, after you put your coffee down, that you were to say, come up with some idea, some quick thing that just flew out of your mouth, some excuse, some reason, because you reached deep down into the back pocket of your <laughs> pants and pulled out this excuse and said, yeah, that's it. That's right here. This is why I did that. Now, I'm not certain whether it was your right back pocket, your left back pocket, or quite possibly the one in between them, where you pulled that out of. Yeah. Right? However, I do know that you do have to know a little bit about what really happened before you just start pulling out some reason. But mm-hmm. golfers are pre-programmed to spit out the reason for the mistake. Right. Or the reason that that thing happened. Here's what I did wrong. Yeah. Yeah. My last heel wasn't high enough off the ground. Yeah. Or something like there was some fuzz in my ear or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So let's just think. John, is it possible that your ball flies off the face of your club in some direction other than where the face is actually pointed? I would say that uh, for the most part, the answer to that is uh, no. No is a good answer. (laughs) That's the answer that physics would tell you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? So let's just say that your ball immediately comes off the club face left. Where do you think your club face is? Left. Left. 
Good answer. Thank you. Because <laughs> it sure isn't coming off there straight, is it? No, it ain't. No. So something made that ball project off that club face to the left. And then if it curves left into the junk, the curve tells you that the face was left of the swing direction at the time it hit the ball. Mm -hmm. Because the ball is curving to the left and curve spin is the thing that makes balls curve, right? Right. And so if you're swiping across the back of a golf ball and the club face isn't facing the same direction, you're going to see spin. Right. But if a ball is spinning to the left, your face is left of the path of the club coming in. Okay. And if the ball is spinning to the right, the face is to the right of the path coming in. So if you just looked at your ball flight before you dug into that deep pocket of yours and pulled out that excuse reason, you'd actually know what really truly happened. Mm -hmm. So the example you gave was you hit it and it just goes left. This is not a good enough description of the golf ball flight for you to find out what really happened. So, John, mm -hmm. and I refer to you in the collective term, John, sure. to describe all of you golfers that are out there. Don't give yourself vague descriptions like it just went left. There's four kinds of ways a ball could go there, John. Okay. <laughs> Jeff. It could, it could uh, start left and stay on that straight line left, in which case the face was pointed the same direction you were swinging and the swing direction was left. Right. That'd be a straight line. Yes. All right. There's also the one that you described earlier, which was the ball starts left and curves left, which means the face was left and the face was also left of its path. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then there's the one that ball starts straight and then curves left which means the face was straight and the path was further to the right of that because the ball curved left, so the face was left to the path. And then there's the one where the ball starts right and curves left, which means the face is pointed right and the path is even farther right because the face is still left to the path. And now all of a sudden there's four ways your ball could go to the left. Mm -hmm. And that is way different than just saying, ah, it went left again because <laughs> you don't know, you can't fix anything. Right. So right. understanding what the thing is by watching your golf ball before you pull out that reason out of your back pocket, at least know what it really happened. So that way you could take some action that would solve the issue. Otherwise you got the same thing coming up because you don't know why. And you're grasping at straws. Yeah. And actually you're grasping at the second ball you carry in your pocket. And yeah, you're that's right. Down, and you're and you're hitting, <laughs> you're taking the mulligan. <laughs> you know? And and hopefully well, you're looking at your you're looking at your guys in, in going, hey, look, an eclipse over there while you hit your next shot. <laughs> <laughs> 
I always like the uh, playing with the dudes we play with where first tee, especially it's okay. First tee hit it till you're happy. <laughs> yeah. Small bucket. <laughs> we could be here all day. <laughs> you know, some of those guys, they play, they play a whole bunch of golf balls and they, and they, they break out all the ones that they don't care if they lose on the first one and yeah. they tee up the worst one first. <laughs> right. That's a go anywhere. They choose. Ah, I don't want to find that one. I'll put a little bit better version of it down on the next one. In right. their small bucket that they're about to hit. You know, it, it it's very frustrating because a lot of times you'll hit a bad shot and you'll, you know, say, hey, that's just practice or nobody saw that or whatever, you know, when you're playing kind of golf out there and you, you put a, a, another ball down to do it and you hit the exact same shot. Yeah. That is frustrating. Well, and that is another. Well, sure it is. But, but it's also another result of not knowing why you did it wrong in the first place. That's right. That's the whole grasping at straws, you know, pulling some idea out of your back pocket yeah. and say, that's what it was. And then you have no idea. And the same thing happens again because you still had no idea. Right. So, so I gave a, I gave a golf lesson to a guy this morning and he was a massive club twister before his club ever got to his ball. His concept said, I'm supposed to roll my right hand over my left in golf. And I said, oh, he goes, yes, I've heard that my whole life. I said, and what has that gotten you your whole life? He said, balls that curve left. And I said, hmm. <laughs> so it seems like. You're doing that prior to touching the ball then, aren't you? <laughs> he looked at me and went, you mean you're not supposed to? <laughs> like, hmm. So, uh, so let's think about that for a second, folks. If you've been taught that your right hand passes over your left hand, the question that you should be asking is, when? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because if that happens before your club touches your ball, your club face is facing pretty hard left. Exactly. And if it happens after you touch your ball, we really don't care because the ball's yeah. already off the face and you really can't affect the flight of the golf ball anymore. So you may want to reconsider that notion of rolling your hands over before you touch the ball. Well, that wouldn't be such a good idea. Let's take a quick break and come back and continue our conversation of bad information you've been given all your life. We are all those weekend golf guys. Hi, it's John. I thought I had control, Ashton, and I don't. I thought I was in control of my retirement money. I got a 401k. You may have similar retirement plans. You know, the government controls it. They decide how much you can borrow, when you can borrow it, when you pay it back, how much the interest is, how much the penalty is if you can borrow it too soon or pay it back too late or way too long. Even though it's your money, you are not in control in the way these guys in Washington spend money. Who knows how much you'll have to pay in taxes during a retirement that could last 30 years. Bank on yourself. I want you to remember that name. Bank on yourself. It's a better way to grow and protect your hard-earned money. This retirement plan alternative has never had a losing year in over 160 years. You will get guaranteed predictable growth in retirement income with no luck, skill, or guesswork required. Tax-free retirement income. You interested in that? You will know what your tax rate will be in retirement 
zero under current tax law, which protects you from the coming tax tsunami. And liquidity. You can get access to your money when you want it for any purpose with no questions asked and even use it for purchases or opportunities without interrupting the growth of those dollars. Now, this is a strategy that businesses like McDonald's and Walt Disney used when no banker would lend them a dime and almost anyone can do it. You can get a free report that details all of this and more. How adding bank on yourself to your financial plan can help you take back control of your money. Just go to bankonyourself.com slash golf. That's bankonyourself.com slash golf. And thanks for hanging and coming back. We are those weekend golf guys. Jeff Smith, Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher. John Ashton, that's me in the studio. Jeff has heard all of the stuff that all of us have heard, all the bad information we have been given by well-intentioned people. I mean, nobody has been feeding us bad information just so they can go out on the course and beat us. I would like to think. (laughs) Except that one dude. (laughs) (laughs) There's always somebody out there that's going to do that, right? (laughs) Watch. Let me get the bet just how I want it and then go, hey, John, did you know? You know, one of the things we always give advice and the advice we give is don't give advice. You know, uh, I, I have I have mentioned before, I, I have I have hit bad shots. And my my reaction is I usually slam the club to the ground and go, John, what are you doing? A lot of people react that way. I want to make sure and reiterate that you understand that is a rhetorical question. <laughs> okay. That is not begging for an answer. All right. So you know, don't offer advice in those in those situations. OK, when I go play golf with some buddies. Right. You know, and, and we get hooked up with people. The last thing I want the, the person that we don't know, the, the new person in the group, right. the last thing I want them to know is who I am and what I do. Right. Because number one, they get intimidated. And number two, all they do is pester me throughout the whole round of what am I doing? What yeah. should I do? What's this and what's that? I'm like, they're not having any fun. No. And then neither am I. Right. (laughs) I play golf for funsies, right? right, So I play with people who, if if they don't know who I am, they ask what I do. And I just tell them, I just, I'm in the happiness business. I'm in sales. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, and, and so sometimes, you know, if they look, I'm always playing in pants. So they, they kind of get the point. I'm either coming from a business meeting and I didn't have any shorts or, I'm actually a golf professional. And so. <laughs> or when they ask you what you do, you say you're in sales. And if they continue the conversation and say, what do you sell? Say golf lessons. Can I sign you up? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, I've actually had a slightly different answer to that. Okay. Um, but they've, they've asked what I sell. And I'm like, uh, truth. <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes it's painful. And you can't handle the truth. <laughs> you know, it's a difficult scenario to get into because when you go play with people, you know, they, they always tell you what I'm working on. They always say, oh, yeah, I got this guy and I was working with him and he's telling me these things. I always ask in some genuinely inquisitive manner, not in the sarcastic manner in which I speak on this radio show. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. I've been in lessons so with you, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Live with that fantasy. Okay. <laughs> I, I ask him, I'm like, well, what's, what's that, um, what's that going to accomplish? And, and unfortunately a lot of them don't know. 
So it tells me that they didn't take anything away from the golf lesson of as to why the thing that they're trying to do would matter or would benefit them. And I think a lot of people are, they just get information without any, here's what will really happen if you do that. And then they don't know. And then they're just gra- grasping at other information in hopes that this little piece of information will be the one that sticks with them mm-hmm. and solve the issue. And they can the hit answer. solid and the ball goes straight and far. Yeah. Let me tell you, there's one way to make the, one ball thing. Straight, make the ball go straight and far is hit it center face of the club with a fast swing or, or a, a, a decent swing speed. Yeah. Yep. It sure helps. It sure helps. You know, it's interesting. I ask people when I'm teaching and I'm in studio, I ask people, you know, and I measure their club head speed with my launch monitor and I just ask general questions. Mm -hmm. Um, Did the club move faster? Did the club swing more down the line? Um, Was the ball struck more in the center of the face? And I ask those questions about them when they come to me and say, I've been working on this thing. And so what I'll do is I'll have them do their thing and I'll make note of their, uh, their, their swing speed and their swing direction and whether they hit it in the center of the face or not. And, um, it's, it's pretty important to them that it swings faster. It's mm-hmm. pretty important to them that they hit it in the middle of the face because the ball goes better. Right. Farther. And it's pretty important to them that they swing straighter. So the ball stays, you know, on online longer. So if, if we can do those things and get the club face, you know, pointed where it is, we can keep golf instruction very simple, but a lot of people insist on, I have to do this and do that. And the other thing in my golf swing, and they don't have any thought in their head of, did it have any effect on those things at the bottom? And, um, that's a tough thing because they're trying to go down some, some direction. Let's call it a rabbit hole. And in hopes that the end result of that will mean that the club head was moving faster. The ball got struck in the center of the face and it straightened out the golf swing direction. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the actual golf swing direction is not all that bad. Sometimes they just need some correction on what they're doing, touching the club and what the club looks like touching the golf ball. And some need a little bit of golf ball adjustment and some just need a little, um, a little brain flush. Yeah. You know, I, I call it that sometimes because I know that a lot of times in golf lessons, John, I'm a, I'm a plumber. Mm-hmm. My job is to flush away an awful lot of, um, ooh, a lot of bad <laughs> stuff, right? A lot of sediment buildup in there. Yeah, definitely. Well, because people, like you said, people keep hearing things. Mm-hmm. You know, the introduction to this segment was, you know, a lot of what do people hear that is just bad intel Yeah, for them? You know, but, a lot you know, of times people are being told different things about their club face position at the top and where it should be. And I have a tendency to check it at the beginning and check it at impact and not talk about anything in between because it's easier on the brain. And as long as it is in the proper place at the beginning and when it hits the ball, it doesn't matter where it is at the top. 
Well, you know, as long as it's consistent in the same place mm-hmm. from beginning to impact, I think we're all okay as long as impact gets to be okay. You know, we have heard, and, and it goes to the to the very basic techniques that that people have pontificated that there's only one one right way to do it. How many times have we looked at a video or pictures of the proper grip? Yeah. And everybody is supposed to do this grip. Well, there is no one way to grip the club. Case in point, we're going to reiterate this story. Intrepid producer Mark, who is recuperating almost to the point where he can come back finally after a year. It's great. We're, we we are ready to welcome him back with open arms. Mark um, and Tiger, same scenario. How about that, huh? The big comeback. But Mark had been taught that there's only one way to grip the club. This is the proper golf grip. And he worked hard at making sure that every time he picked up his golf club, he had that perfect grip. Well, that perfect grip was ruining his his swing you looked at him one time and said hey hold it like this and he got 50 extra yards off every shot and he's obnoxiously in the middle of the fairway every time it is kind of obnoxious isn't it we still hate you for teaching him that (laughs) (laughs) down the middle and 50 yards longer and Mm -hmm. he hates me (laughs) <laughs> he doesn't hate you. The rest of us hate you. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not so easy to beat anymore. But, I was going to say, I think I just got into your pocket as opposed to <laughs> you getting into his. That's right. But, I mean, it was just a very simple change to the grip. Yeah. Uh, nothing. And, and, again, it was because he had been operating off of bad information that he had been given. Because he believed the people who told him there is only one right way to do this. And there isn't. Yeah, that's difficult. Um, There's a generation full of golf instructors that have really not expanded much. Now, at the top level of golf instruction, they have expanded quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm not speaking about those people that are continuing to educate themselves and continuing to evolve and continuing to understand more and more and more about each body being a little different uh, and adapting to that player. I'm not speaking of those people. Okay. I'm speaking of the people who continually say there's only one way to do stuff. Right. Because very clearly, the rest of us in the world turn on the television and we see people at the highest level of the game doing it differently and we go hmm (laughs) that's interesting somebody else who's succeeding not doing it this particular way yeah makes me think there are actually more than one way to get that done oh we have we have heard stories you 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 brought his name up tiger who uh we are so happy to see is, is playing this week in the masters but we're recording this before the weekend so we don't know how well he's doing but he he changed teachers and changed his swing. He did. And, and still was successful, even though he was doing something totally different than the way he used to do it. Yeah, it's amazing what happened. You know, his body changed 
mm-hmm. he was doing things to avoid certain kind of injuries. Um, he was doing things um, at the suggestion of, you know, a different teacher. Yeah. Um, and, and he was doing things the way he wanted to do things, regardless of whether the teacher said X, he might be doing Y. Yeah. So, but you know, again, he, it, but he knows enough to be able to make those adjustments in his own head because he understands the game himself. We've gotten more. There, there are more things that you have believed in that are untrue and we will delve into them when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Well, by now, you've probably heard all about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. You might even already be investing in them. But did you know that you could invest in cryptocurrencies through your retirement account? That's right. With iTrust Capital, you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies from a crypto IRA and get all the same tax advantages as a traditional IRA iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. The iTrust Capital platform is easy to use, and it only takes a few minutes to create your account. Setting up an IRA is free, and iTrust fees are low. It's time to start taking control of your financial future with iTrust Capital. You can get all the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com. Start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Inc. does not provide legal investment or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Generic Sildenafil allows you to save up to $650 on Viagra. Why pay name brand prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get the same results for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 50 generic Sildenafil pills for just $99. Call 800-705-4051. That's 800-705-4051. Again, 800-705-4051. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher. What does that mean? That means when he says something, listen to him. He didn't get there just on his good looks. Trust me, he did not get there on just his good looks. But some of the things, some of some of the uh, things that you have been taught, some of the things that you have heard, some of the the truisms of golf, the things that all of us just take on face value that probably are screwing up our game. Well, there's a handful of them, right? We'll start with the big, the big common ones, right? The head down thing. Let's start there. Not everything that we see on camera, video or still, is the cause of something or is purposeful. So for example, we're taking pictures and videos of bodies in motion and we slap a few of those pictures consistently upon the covers of golf magazines and it always seems to be an impact where the chest is turned through a little, the hips have turned through a little, the arms are extended down and the face is staring at the golf ball. And people look at that and say, look at this position. This is what we must do. Note the head looking down at the golf ball. We must do that. And people start to get that in the mind like that particular thing is a job to do, something we must accomplish. Then because of that thought, then many shots that people hit that they strike the ball poorly, that thought is so pervasive in their mind that they think that the mistake was they didn't do that. 
falls under the heading of it's under this general family umbrella of stupidity that says I didn't keep my head down. They say, oh, I lifted up on it. I came up out of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't keep my head down or I looked up or I peeked I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. What are you saying? Right. I don't see anybody whose face is connected to a club. It's no, always no. the hands. I, I'm going to I'm going to take umbrage for a second. A bit. This I is love it. this part of the show, folks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if if I'm out there, I got my iron, I'm all set up and ready to go. Okay. If for, in the downswing, I actually lift my head up, meaning I, I turn to look a little prematurely where the ball's going to go. Yeah. It's not, it's not just my head that moves. My shoulders uh-huh. move, my hips move incorrectly, which right. means that, that the club is no longer in the plane to make contact with the ball correctly, as I set up for it to do. Sure. So I can say it was looking up that made me miss hit the ball. You could say that. <laughs> You'd be wrong. <laughs> well, okay then. Now that I didn't have to spit that out, I've had this conversation with people in my studio before, and okay. I will lift my head and still strike a ball. I will look up at the target, still strike a ball, a la Annika Sorenstam and David Duvall. Uh-huh. I will do those things and ask them, is there any direct correlation between my skull and its location or where my eyes are and the fact that I hit the ground or hit the ball? And the answer is no. And what you mentioned was it's the fact that other body parts are moving. Right. So don't blame the thing that's not the issue. So if, in fact... You lifted your head, so to speak, but you, in fact, raised your chest up too soon or yet mm-hmm. pulled your arms up too soon. Those affect the club, but not that little bean sitting on top of your neck. <laughs> okay? Okay. So let's be correct about what we're doing because, you see, that thought that you just voiced meant that if you kept your face planted into the ground, your body couldn't do its thing. Right? Right. But yet, sometimes then you force yourself not to move it. And then you can't move the rest of your body, which is necessary. Because this is bodies in motion. Right. So let's understand what we're talking about here. It isn't just the thing that we say. It's some other things that are all connected. So it's not, in this case, it's not just the head. It was actually the arms that went up. Because I see people that they raise their chest and their arms still go down. Laura Davies is a great example. The legs rise, the chest rises, the arms still send the club down, and she still smashes the living snot out of the golf ball. Yes, she does for an 82-year-old woman. Lexi Thompson, another person whose body is on the rise while the arms are still headed down. Annika Sorenstam, who takes her face and rips it out of the way and is not looking anywhere near the golf ball upon the strike because her arms were still sending the club down. David Duvall, same thing. I think both Annika and David had both made it to the top of their professional profession, number one in the world, doing it that way. So guess what, folks? That ain't it. But back to the magazine thing. You ever notice that those are the pictures they continue to put on the magazine, but they Mm -hmm. don't put the finish position where the chest is up and the, the face is toward the target. They don't put that one on the cover of magazines nearly that often. Could you imagine... If all we ever did in any sport was to take still photos of bodies in motion and teach positions like they do in golf, 
based upon a photo of a body's in motion at, at a little speck in time? Could you imagine if basketball coaches all over the world took a photo of Michael Jordan on the cover of Sports Illustrated with his legs bent, he's up in the air floating, he's got his arm cocked back, and he's got his head tilted sideways and his tongue sticking out, and they all decided we have to teach that position to every basketball player. They all have to do that. So could you imagine that if any other sport taught a position based upon a still motion photo of a body in motion, how dumb they would be? That'd be kind of stupid. It's been done in golf for a long time. Let, Let me ask you a question. Yeah. This, this is a, see if there's any correlation here at all. Probably not from what you've been saying. But Wade Boggs, remember him? He was yeah, I do. American League batting champion for many, many years in a row. I, I listened to a yep. couple of his interviews, and he was talking about his eyes. He, he said one of the reasons he was a good hitter was because his left eye, even though he was right-handed, his left eye was dominant. Most right-handers, their right eye is dominant. But with him, it was his left eye that was dominant. So it was the eye closest to the ball that was the better eye, the dominant eye. Therefore, he was able to see the balls better. The The whole dominant eye thing is if, if you were using a dominant eye to align yourself to your golf ball, you would necessarily have to have your head tilted instead of looking straight down. Yeah, there's an awful lot of evidence out there pointing to your eyes having such a direct influence on your body alignment for one, mm-hmm. your perception of the target for another, right? And and how you aim yourself based on what you see, based on what angle that you're holding your head. Yeah. Because of course, there's that eye line that we like to talk about. Here I am on video and I've got my finger across the bridge of my nose between my eyes and it's pointing straight across. But if I tilt my head, the finger yeah. starts to point a different direction. Right. If I tilt it one way or the other. And that is part of what we perceive and how our brain gets this information and then how we adjust the rest of what we do athletically because of what we see. Yeah. It's so, a big deal. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, again, it's just the whole that that negates the whole idea of keeping your head still and down because that's that's going to mess up your aim, if, if nothing a, else. It's a, it's a tough thing. It's a tough yeah. thing. So let's go to some other fun stuff that people get bad yeah. intel on. Right. It's not always bad for everybody, but the whole interlocking the fingers thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that a must? Well, some people think it is. Yeah. They're like, well, you know, Tiger Woods did it. Jack Nichols did it. And like, okay. Ben Hogan Um, did it. Ben Hogan did it. Okay. But how? Right? What if you have a, a, a front hand, a lead hand that's turned where the back of that hand is more toward the target and the trail hand is more underneath? you can hook those fingers in pretty tightly, you know, where you can get the bottom of the the base of the finger hooked into the base of the other finger. Mm -hmm. And you can have that grip and people take pictures of it and say, yay, that's a good one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's not for that person. Maybe that person doesn't function well that way. Yeah. Maybe they just squeeze too tight because they've got those fingers interlocked 
and they've got it in that position. And maybe that person shouldn't be doing that. So maybe that information is bad for that person. Mm-hmm. Maybe we ought to lighten up on the everybody ought to do that thing because there's some great grips that are out there that are not fingers intertwined. Some of them, one finger overlaps the other one. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they reverse it and they reverse, you know, they put the index finger of the, the lead hand over the trail of pinky finger of the other hand. And it seems like people go, wait a minute, that's completely backwards. But yet I've watched people do that mm-hmm. and succeed and play better golf than they have ever played in their life. Yep. But yet there's also another guy out there, hey, Jim Furyk on tour. He takes two fingers, overlaps two fingers of his right hand, not just one, but right. two fingers of his right hand over his left hand. And that isn't hooking those fingers together. That guy's got a lot of money playing golf, a lot of money and widely regarded as one of the best strikers of the golf ball ever. And they have this unconventional swing with Mm -hmm. an unconventional grip and it just doesn't match the norm of what everybody says you got to do. And yet this guy proven everybody wrong. Yeah. His bank account is big and fat. It may not be the way they, uh, portray it on the pictures, the covers of the magazines. But again, that I, I never thought of it that way, but how stupid would it be to teach technique through still photographs uh, in other sport sports? Um, you know, because what, what is the element that actually controls the result? That's what you have to, you have to think about. And, um, you know, we, sometimes we, we put way too much emphasis on the wrong thing. And it doesn't uh, doesn't do anything but hurt us physically. Well, it's because it's because it's visible, right? There's so many things right. that are visible, and there's people that that don't account for the notion, you know. And I ask people like, "Well, see, he's doing that." I'm like, "Wait a minute, is he doing that on purpose, or is that just something that just happens throughout the fluid motion?" For yeah. example, if you watch somebody walk, and you see it, and you see their body drift forward just a little their upper body leans forward just a little bit and then their legs sort of respond to that mm-hmm. yeah well wait a minute are the legs responsive or are the legs actually doing the initial action we don't really know unless we watch the sequence of it but yet there are things that happen in motion like if i asked you john just to uh, throw a baseball up against the wall and you'd say, okay, and then you would just take it in your hand and you'd lift it up and you would rear back and you would step in and you would lean in and you would throw it over your shoulder and extend your arm out and let it go and release it. And how many of those actions that you did were actually intended and conscious? Yeah. I'm now going to do this. Now I'm going to do that. Now I'm going to do the other. And the answer is none. None of them. No, none of them at but all. But when we... When we, this is part of really bad analysis. Just because something is happening does not mean that we must be conscious of it and try to do those things because maybe it's just the angles of the body and a body in motion where all these joints and bones just go in the flow of the motion. 
instead of thinking that that is an absolute, we have to think about it. I think that ruins so many golfers. Words to live by. And, and I think we can all just boil it down to don't overthink it. It ain't that hard. We got more. We'll be right back. Have current events affected the ability for you to pay your bills? Has your credit card debt overwhelmed you? Has your income decreased because you're working less or have you lost your job? Credit Guard of America may be able to help you find a solution to this problem. We offer a free no-obligation consultation to learn how you can cut your payments by up to half and potentially lower your interest down to zero. Credit Guard of America is an A-plus rated nonprofit company that will work on your behalf. Credit Guard of America is licensed in all 50 states and has counseled over 1 million consumers struggling with debt just like you. Let us help you analyze and prioritize your debt. Negotiate with your creditors to reduce interest and payments. Set up one affordable monthly payment and provide ongoing education and support. Call now for a free no-obligation consultation and learn how you can become debt-free. Call 800-672-6925. That's 800-672-6925. 800-672-6925. Texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. Uh, there it is. Nice work, man. You're a beast. Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years. And I got to tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. The big hurt, right? Oh, yeah. The patented key ingredient is Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try for themselves yeah nugenics is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance man i need to get a complimentary bottle of nugenics no problem you just got to send them a text text spark to 321321 right now for your complimentary bottle of nugenics the number one selling free testosterone booster at gnc plus text now and we'll include a bottle of new nugenics thermo our most powerful fat incinerator ever to help get you back into shape fast absolutely free text s-p-a-r-k to 321321. That's Spark. To 321321. It is us, the second best golf podcast broadcast in the world. Thank you for helping yeah. us get to that position. The number one in the United States, by the way. So, welcome we to like the family. We like it. Hang out. Hang out with us. You we know. like it. We like it. We like you. You like us and everybody's happy. We are those weekend golf guys. You can catch us at those weekendgolfguys.com. You can go to uh, YouTube at weekendgolfguys.tube and see some of the video that uh, we do when we record these shows and um, some other. And send things. checks because we need, we want pizza. Jeff needs pizza. I, Jeff needs I pizza. pizza. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't doing this for free folks. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, <laughs> I got some cow. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We'll work for food. You've seen that's how that's where we, we found him on the street corner with a little sign said, we'll work for food. So there we go. We, we brought him on board for that very reason. But Jeff Smith, golf we'll talk about golf. Yeah. One we'll talk about golf for, for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, just take what he says to heart. Okay. Forget a lot of the stuff that you've heard. And, uh, and and do basically uh, you, you need to have a base, a base. You need to, to go to a local PGA professional and say, OK, give me the fundamentals. And then from that point on, do what feels good, do what works for you. Right. So if you're set up properly for your body, 
on how you're built to move. Everybody is different. Some people have a thing. They got a broken this or a joint that doesn't do this anymore or whatever. Right. Proper is for your own body. Mm -hmm. And from there, it should not feel like you're forcing movement. If you're set up well for who you are, if it feels like you're forcing movement to happen, thumbs off a little bit, folks. Yeah. Somebody's put you in a position that may or may not work well for you. Yeah. So if you've got to move a club around your body and it didn't have to touch a club or touch a ball and make it go someplace, you just picked up a club and grabbed it and naturally started swinging it. I would hope that that would feel like an easy, natural thing to do. And I hope that you're able to swing a club in that way too. So go get yourself some clubs, swing them naturally and smoothly, and then eventually put a ball down. And when you start hitting that ball, you know what you're doing? You're playing golf. So go get those clubs, swing, practice. Just don't overthink and go play some golf. <laughs>